0: But it's actually a very great privilege to stand in front of my church and bring the word to you. So what I want to talk about today is holiness. Actually, I want to ask a question: If I am righteous, why do I need to be holy? And the reason why I ask that question it's not to, to say something negative. Romans 3, verse 21 to 24 says that we are righteous through faith. That's basically no works, none of our works could do it. We are righteous by faith. So we could only rely on what Jesus did. Now, if we look at 1 Corinthians 1, verse 30, and I'm going to paraphrase it because it is a powerful text, but it basically says it's due to God who showed us this wisdom That Christ Jesus manifested as our righteousness, our sanctification, and our redemption. So Jesus is our righteousness. That we saw in Romans. In other words, we had to do nothing. We could not do anything. In fact, Romans says that all have failed. All sinned and all failed. So we couldn't attain it. So now, according to this, Jesus is our righteousness. The last word is, is our redemption. In other words, the ransom for our sin was paid. I owe nothing. So if I'm righteous, it means I'm in right standing with God. So I can stand before him. I owe nothing. So why do I need holiness? Honestly. Honestly, why do I need holiness if I'm already in right standing with God and my debt is paid? My question is, why do I need holiness? And I'm not going to let you hang. I'm going to tell you what I think. I'm going to tell you what Andre thinks. So to do that, let me tell you a story a bit. So quite often we need to look at when the word was written, who it was written to, what they understood the meaning of those words to be. Because if we now look at holiness and we look at the uh, concordances and we look at the commentaries, they give us very limited access to what holiness means. What most of them say sacred, pure, set aside, set apart or separate. That's it. Yeah. So big deal, eh? Yeah. I want to be separate. I want to be set aside. You know, what does it mean? How do I live holiness? So righteousness, let's start with righteousness, because I think that will help us a lot. Yeah. So the Hebrew word for righteousness is tzadak. Well that's the root we talk of righteousness as tzaddik, but the root is tzaddak. So tzaddak, in order to be sadak, the person had to follow mitzvah. Now, if we talk about mitzvah, it is translated as commandments. So it seems like they had to follow a lot of commandments. But for a nomadic ancient people, mitzvah was directions. So if a person had to go from where he is, he had to travel a road, so there's a river to be crossed, there's some mountains, this is where he starts. So we give him mitzvah, we tell him exactly how to get there, where to cross the river, where to go between the mountains. So he follows that road. But while he's following this road, he gets to a point here and he actually sees the end goal. And he looks and he says, but there's a little trail. Let me go there. And he gets lost. The Hebrew word is ra'ah. He's evil. That is what evil means. He now got lost. He did not follow the mitzvah. He did not follow the commandments. He did not follow the directions. If he had followed the directions, he would have reached his end goal safely. And he would have been righteous. So let us assume we have two travelers walking this road. And now following this road. And Traveler A is a happy chappy. He's cheerful. He's on his way. He sees a little bird. And he mends his wing. He continues to go. He finds people who are in need. He gives them his food. He continues on his On the other hand, there's another person, one who's not here today, And that person says, I hate the sunlight. I hate crossing rivers. I hate going through the mountains. But he keeps on the road. According to the definition, both are righteous. So what is the difference between them? The character that they display while they're being righteous. So if a third person was traveling with them, And he knew these two guys are Hebrew travelers. And he knew that they had a God that they referred to. And he looked at their characters. He would have to make a deduction as to what type of God do they serve. And God says, you will not take my name in vain, meaning you will not misrepresent my character. So what is happening with the person who's moaning and groaning all along? He's misrepresenting God's character. But he's just, he's righteous. He's righteous. His sin has been paid, but he's righteous. He's not holy. So you get an idea of where I'm going to. But I need to find a way of saying, it's not just set apart. It's not just separated. It's not just sacred. So from ancient use, we see that ancient texts, things that were written by, no, I forgot his name. Um, Any case. In, by interpreting his words, we see that he talks about righteousness or holiness as things that are deliberately removed or done away with, such as pollution, guilt, or um, even rust. But he says it's atonement, it's cleansing, washing away, and as an ultimate thing, baptism, and that we had last... So that is where we go to. Now the interesting thing the Hebrew word for holy is kadash. So kadash occurs, kadash is the root. There's about six different forms of it occurring throughout the Bible. And in total, with its derivatives, it occurs 834 times in the Bible. You think God is trying to point something to us? Of course He is. So the Greek word is hagios. And hagios with its derivatives occur 285 times in the New Testament. So again, the same thing. Holiness is an important subject that we need to look at. Now, there's a a Dr. Frank Seekens in his book on Hebrew word pictures. he, He draws this from the word kadash, there's the word kodosh. And that means holy ones or saints. So if I had to write that, I just need to add the vav in there. And now if I write that in word pictures, and let me explain. Here we have the sun on the horizon. When the sun is on the horizon, it's either the break of dawn or it's the evening. So it indicates that something has passed, a time has passed, a period has passed. So what it is saying is, so something has passed, a whole process is completed. Now let's look at this process that is completed. The Dalet means... By implication, it means movement, walking back and forth. The the name Derek that we talk about, Derek, comes from there. It means to, a way, a way to walk. So it, it, it represents walking or movement. The Vav is a tent peg, it is and. ant. So here we have movement of the feet, particularly. We have ant, and the shin is the front teeth. It indicates pressing or crushing or biting down. So what this word is saying is... After the feet has been crushing down and that yeah, Dosh, is the threshing floor. So after the threshing is done, the chaff has been removed. What are we sitting with? We are sitting with the wheat, with the pureness. So holiness means after you've gotten rid of everything, you've gotten rid of all the chaff. It is a process of being trampled upon. It is a process of sacrifice. It is not an easy process. It is not just waving up and down, and there you're holy. So why do we need to be holy? 1 Peter 1 verse 15 and 16, but particularly verse 16. Peter quotes from Leviticus 11, 44, And God says, Be holy, for I am holy. Now that is... In one sense, it is a commandment. So be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Um, yeah, be holy for I am holy in the King James. Perfect, verse 16. It is a commandment, but it's not much a commandment as stating your position. God is stating your position. He says, you be holy because I am holy. If God had said, be thorough because I'm thorough... Would that make sense? Be focused, because I'm focused. Be fully synchronized, because I'm fully synchronized. That's what God's saying. He's not giving you a command. He's making a statement. He's stating you. So in John 17, verse 17, Jesus is praying to the Father, and He says, Sanctify them through their truth. Thy word is truth. John 1, verse 14 We know that he says, And the word was made flesh, and it dwelt amongst us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So the glory, that is also another abstract term that's sometimes a bit difficult to understand. So my best explanation of it is a peacock. So a peacock, the glory of the peacock, is definitely not its feet. It's definitely not its voice. It is the male peacock's fantail. That is the glory of the peacock. So this verse says, the glory of Jesus is that He's full of grace and truth. That is what makes Him so attractive. That is His beauty. The fact that He's full of grace and truth. So He's praying to the Father and He's saying to the Father, sanctify them through the truth. But He Himself is the word that is the truth so he's giving us an example of how to be sanctified of how to be holy how to be cleansed so there's a rule amongst bible scholars they say the first time a word is mentioned in the bible then we need to look and interpret the circumstances about the first time of mention because the law of first time mention defines That word for us. So the first time kadosh or sanctification occurs in the Bible is in Genesis 2 verse 3. And God blessed the seventh day and he sanctified it because in it he rested. Now when we go and look at Exodus 16 verse 23, we see it refers to this seventh day that has been blessed as the holy Sabbath. Now this is... There's so much around this, and that's why I had to revise my text. Otherwise, I had to go about all of this. Now, in Genesis 1 verse 14, we see God created the lights, and and He divided them, and He said, let them divide between day and night, and let them be a sign for day, for seasons, and for days, and for years. So, when we look at the sun, that is a sign for day. The moon and the stars, sign for night. So they fulfill their role. Now, when the moon rotates around the earth, 29 and a half days, new moon to full moon, new moon to full moon, it is a lunar month. So it indicated for the ancient people a month. Then as the sun rotates around its path, around our sun, solar sun, it is one year. Okay, so now we have a day, a month, And a year. Those are the tasks that God gave to the lights when he created them. But the Sabbath, look what happens. After God made it holy, it gets a name. And all of a sudden, there's a new time measurement in place. It now becomes every seven days. Every seven days. Every time it reoccurs, it is celebrated. Every seven days. So it is now, and it has actually... Um, the length of a year changes, a length of a month changes, but a week, it stays the same. God blessed it. He made it holy. Now, I know that there are churches that have separated themselves from others because they venerate the Sabbath day, and we do not. We do, but we do not the way that they do it. And that on its own is a whole teaching. And I prepared my notes on that, and then I decided not to tell you about it. Because that's not where I want to go. But it is, that's perhaps for a next opportunity that I have. So the second time that we see holy is Exodus 3 verse 5. Moses sees a burning bush. And he approaches this burning bush. And a voice speaks from out of this bush. And he says to him, Take off the shoes from off your feet, because the place whereupon you are, the ground thereof is holy. So now the ground is Holy. And Moses has to do something. The Sabbath is holy. And we read in Exodus, from 20, verse 26 onwards, Leviticus, Numbers, we read about the rules about Sabbath, not working on the Sabbath. The priests bring offerings on Sabbath. What has to happen on the Sabbath? So we see that holiness brings with it some rules. Some rules that need to be obeyed. So the holy ground... And here's a beauty. I'm going to go a bit over time, but I think this is so beautiful, we have to have it. So this thorn bush, the Shemesh, that thorn is equivalent to the sword. When Adam and Eve were taken out of the garden, God placed a flaming sword, a Shemesh, that had flames on it. When they sinned, God gave them clothes to wear. When he appears to Moses, he says, take off, take off. You now again, at the flaming sword, but now take off your clothes. Now you can come into the holy place. So, but let's not digress. So with a holy status, there are rules on how to use it. It does sound like a new law, because righteousness, we are done away with the law, in part. You know, we know that we cannot fulfill it, so we have done away with the attempt to fulfill all the law, but we now love one another like we love ourselves, and that is how we intend to, to continue to go. So we need wisdom to discern how to go about it, because holiness is not so much about action. It's about the character. It's about that cheerful chappy that goes along and is he's tzaddik, but he's trying to help everybody. He's trying to do things. So in Matthew 12, verse 5, it's a good example, where there was an issue about the Sabbath. And he says, but have you not read... That on the Sabbath, the priests defile the Sabbath, yet they're guiltless. So there are interpretation. It requires wisdom. This is not about a written law. It requires a lot of wisdom to interpret it. So holiness is a difficult subject. And um, for the sake of, of others, we sometimes need to avoid doing things that, that is perhaps lawful for us to do. John 13 verse 34 says, Love one another as I have loved you. In other words, we need to take the other person into consideration. John 17 verse 19, Jesus says, He sanctifies Himself for our sakes. So He is doing something for our sake. Because we will benefit from it. We will gain out of it. And He expects us to follow suit. In 1 Corinthians 8, from verse 4 to verse 7, Paul goes into this whole issue about eating meat that was sacrificed to idols. And he basically says that if a man, if a brother, has a weak conscience, and he thinks that an idol is a real thing, and he sees you eating of this meat, he might, in his conscience, think that you are actually eating meat that is sacrificed to an idol because he thinks an idol is a real thing. But an idol does not exist. It is nothing, so you are free to eat it. But for the sake of the brother with a weak conscience, don't eat it. So we need to sacrifice things that is lawful for us to do. We are allowed to watch TV, but sometimes we don't do it for the sake of others. We are allowed to go into that specific shop, but for the sake of others, we don't do it. So there are a lot of things that we are allowed to do that is lawful for us, but we don't do it because we sacrifice for the sake of others. 1 John 2 verse 15 and 16, basically I'm paraphrasing It says, don't love the things of the world, which is the love of the flesh, love of the eyes, and the pride of life, because this does not come from the Father. 2 Corinthians 7 verse 1 says, let us cleanse ourselves from all defilement of flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. So we see that holiness needs to be perfected. So we have a status. We receive that when we got born again. The Holy Spirit is in us, so we are holy. So we have a holy status, but we have to perfect our holiness. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 22 says that we need to abstain from all appearance of evil. Not just evil, even if it appears to be evil. Abstain from it. Keep away from it. We don't touch it. We don't even look at it. We avoid it. Why? For the sake of others. It might be lawful for me, but for the sake of others. You know, while I'm on this road... I may drop down a piece of paper, but for the sake of others, I don't do it. No. You know, it's, it's things like that that we need to, and that is part of being holy. So here is a, a rule that I think you need to try and memorize because I think this is the key. A holy article prescribes the circumstances, when, what, and how it is to be used Now, the word profane implies or means to treat something as if it's common. That is when you profane it. So if you use an item as you would have used a profane or common item, you determine at your own goodwill, your own pleasure, the circumstances of when, where, and how do I use it. So if you want to use your cell phone, you decide how you use it. When, where, and how. There's nothing stopping because it's not holy. But if it's a holy article, I need to have knowledge and understanding of how to use it properly. I cannot use a holy article. It describes to me how it is to be used. Everything that's common, I can use as I want. But the moment I come across something that's holy, it prescribes to me. Now imagine this. God has made us holy Do you think he'll use you as and when he likes? You are holy. So there's a prescription. He's created you for a purpose. And he'll only use you for that purpose. So you're in safe hands. You're in safe hands. There is no difference in the inherent quality between a holy, kadash item and a profane item, except in the understanding of the user. That's where the intrinsic value lies in the understanding of the user. Holiness has true worth. That is the truth. That is something that has real value. So what happens now, because of a lack of knowledge, the kadash or the holy article sits most of the time on a shelf. Not because it's useless, but because the user does not know how to use it properly doesn't know when to apply it or how to use it properly. So, until the user gets a full understanding of the item, when he does, he will properly use it continually. Hosea 4 verse 6 says, My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Because we do not have proper knowledge about how to do things wholly. Yaku's message this morning on offering... On what he had done with the money. Do you think you can do with your money as you like? Is it holy? Can you declare it holy? When you give the first offering, does not that consecrate the rest of it? And now it is holy? So now we need to understand, how do we apply it? Because if we do not understand how to properly apply it, we profane it. We make it common. But it has a holy purpose. Your time. Does it have a holy purpose? For sure it has. You were created. You have a calling, and it is a holy calling. Yeah. So every person around you is as important as what you are. So let's just, for the sake of better clarity, look at the word profane, khala. Because sometimes the opposite of a word is better described in the Bible, and then we can say, well, if that is it, then we just look at the opposite. So Khala means to defile, to pollute, to desecrate, to begin. Okay, that is a whole teaching on its own. To stain, to treat as common, to violate the honor of something, to wound something, to pierce it, to be slain, to be sick, yeah. to be weak. That is common. Yeah. That is profane. In the Bible, there are many examples of things that can be profaned. I'm not going to read all the text, but if you're interested, I have the text verses here, but Genesis and Leviticus have most of them recorded. Your bed can be defiled. Your daughter can be defiled. You yourself can be defiled. The sanctuary can be defiled. The earth can be defiled. The altar can be defiled. Sacred things can be defiled. The land can be defiled. The Sabbath can be defiled. Shocking thing is, the most common thing that can be defiled is the name of the Lord. Most scripture references talk about His name being default, His character. So we can thus state that to be holy means we need to be focused, we need to be efficient, we need to be aligned with the Word of God, we need to be determined, we need to be fully adapted, wholly synchronized, we need to burst with life, we have to have a zest, We have to have authority. Ephesians 3 verse 19 says, we need to be knowers of what surpasses all knowledge. That's what we need to do. Because that makes us holy if we know. Because otherwise we have a lack of knowledge. And then lastly, to be holy means health and to heal. Holiness is a life pleasing to God in all levels possible. So, Finally, to end things off, let me just draw another graphic display. So in Matthew 18, verse 20, so there's Brother Chris, and he gets born again. So he becomes, remember at uh, primary school we did maths and we had sets and subsets. Do you remember that? You loved it? You enjoyed it? We actually never had that. Because when I went to school, it was for shamalings, in deal for shamalings, not sets and subsets. But there we have Brother Chris, and he's born again. He's become a set. He's become a holiness. He's holy. He's a saint, so he's a holiness. And here we have another one of our brothers, Brother Yaku. He's born again. He's become a set. And then we have another, maybe we have a sister. And she's born again. And she's become a set. Matthew 18 verse 20 says, Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Here we have the Holy of Holies. Because each of us is a holiness. When we gather together, the Holy of Holies is present. And we cannot profane it. We have to, wherever we go, we have to walk with this in mind that we are holy, we carry His character, we need to sacrifice things in life for the sake of others. We need to love, care for each other. So Romans 1 verse 17, this is my final finally. Why are we holy? Romans 1 verse 7 says, Beloved, you are called to be saints. Ephesians 1 verse 4 says, He chose us before the foundation of the world to be holy. 2 Timothy 1 verse 9 says, He saved us and called us to a holy life for His purpose. And with that, I want to ask you, if you would bow your heads with me, that today we would pray and ask God that He would give us the insight, the revelation, that we would understand and gain the knowledge, that we would find the time to go into His Word so that His Word can sanctify us, so that we can fulfill our calling, that we do not miss on our calling of living a holy life. Thank you, Father, for this opportunity that you've given us to again look at your Word and to be uplifted by your Word, to be redirected by your Word, to find our focus and our purpose in life again from your Word. Father, where we have missed it, where we have done wrong, your grace is sufficient to cover all of that, and we thank you for that. Father, but we do not live a life of just managing along. We want to be examples of who you are. And Father, that's why we as a congregation this morning, we commit ourselves again to live holy lives, to live lives that is efficient, to be what you called us to be. Thank you, Father. I mean